It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Today's episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by Run Your Pool. Check them out today and get $10 off at runyourpool.com slash locked on or use promo code locked on at checkout. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Back here again for another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday, your team every day. That's what we do here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Five stars, please, on Apple Podcasts. You can also check out the show on Spotify by following us there. You can also check us out also on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, and pretty much wherever you find your favorite podcasts out there, including this one, the Locked On Panthers podcast. Today is another Friday. And just in case you're new here and you don't know, every Friday throughout the season, the offseason, and, well, I mean, every Friday in general, we do the weekly Friday mailbag here on Locked On Panthers. So go ahead and send in your weekly Friday mailbag questions to me now for next week. If you did not get a question in any time, it pops up in your head. If you want to ask me a question and you want to figure out, wait, how do I ask a question? Well, you follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, and you can either at me or DM me with your Panthers question for a weekly Friday mailbag here on Locked On Panthers. Without further ado, well, actually, pause just a second. On Thursday, talked to Marcus Mosier of the Locked On Cowboys podcast, just breaking down what we thought would be the keys to the game for both the Cowboys and, of course, your Carolina Panthers in Sunday's matchup, 1 p.m. at AT&T Stadium, Jerry's World in Arlington, Texas. But one thing we did not do was give out our predictions, and I guess I might as well give out my prediction considering that's kind of what I've done a lot here throughout the podcast and, you know, each week throughout the season telling you whether I thought they'd beat the Jets, which, I mean, come on, duh. The Saints didn't feel great about it, but, you know, still picked them and they blew them out. And then last week against Davis Mills, who's probably related to the mall up there in Concord, Concord Mills. That was a bad one. I, I apologize for that. Charlotte Sports Despair is going to listen to this and be like, dude, what are you doing? I, I know. That was bad. Either way, um, as far as my prediction for the game, 
going to the season, we've had the conversation. I thought Panthers had a great chance to be 3-0. and They're 3-0. and I never felt great about this game going into Dallas. You look at the injuries to Christian McCaffrey. I know the offense looks spectacular. and I mean, not spectacular. I know the offense was able to move the football and played really well in the second half with Sam Darnold as the key cog to that machine on Thursday night against Houston. But Houston, not a great team. And offensively, they don't offer much at all when Davis Mills is in there. Had Tyrod Taylor been playing, then maybe the Houston Texans offense might have been more efficient. You would have seen the same Texans team that you had seen in the first half, week two against the Browns, and of course week one against the Jags when they blew, blew the doors off of Urban Meyer, his welcome to the NFL moment. But Sam Darnold's going to have to go up against an offense in the Dallas Cowboys. Now, directly, he's not going up against them. But it's the first time all season where there's been an offense on the other side of the ball that's actually capable of putting points on this Panthers defense. The Saints thing, I don't know. It's, it's I don't know. You can't make any excuses at all because the Panthers defense just went out there and whooped them. And Dak Prescott's only been sacked twice, I think, all season long. The Dallas Cowboys offensive line is Physical, they're awesome. Lyle Collins, of course, we talked about him. He's not going to be in that game. But other than that, they're healthy. They got Tony Pollard. They got Zeke. Michael Gallup's on IR, but they still have Amari Cooper. They still have CeeDee Lamb. Uh, Dalton Schultz has been really good for them at tight end so far this season. And Blake Jarwin. Just the amount of weapons that they have healthy on their offense going up against a banged-up secondary. C.J. Henderson, I'm not sure whether he's going to play or not on Sunday, but if he does, it's not like he has that many reps so far this season in Jacksonville. Did not play last Sunday. He was dealing with the groin issue, and he's trying to go in there early now and potentially help this team out. Matt Rule said when he spoke to the media on Thursday, or on Wednesday rather, that it was more about a long-term play than him coming in and immediately helping them. Eventually, I do think this season, C.J. Henderson will be able to help this team. I don't know whether if he plays on Sunday or not, if he's going to be that effective for the Carolina Panthers. Not having him, um, having him out there, or potentially not having him out there, missing Justin Burris, uh, missing J.C. Horn, of course. It's just going to be a patchwork secondary. You, you got Dante Jackson out there who's healthy, and you're going to bring in A.J. Boye who has not played since, I believe, December or November of last season when he was at the Broncos, and he spent the majority of that season either injured or suspended. And he didn't have a great season at all, even when he was available for Denver. So I don't know what you're going to get out of A.J. Boye, who was dealing with that soft tissue injury. I hope he's the same guy that he was back in Houston and back in Jacksonville, and that last year was just kind of you know an outlier to a fantastic career that he's had thus far in the National Football League. But you bring in Boye, maybe Henderson. If not them, you got Rashawn Melvin. And he's on his 19, folks. I I don't feel great about Rashawn Melvin and what he's going to add to this roster. The fact that he was in camp is probably the main reason why he's on this roster right now. And the necessity also brought up by the fact that Miles Hartsfield's injured. Justin Burris, who's played a lot in the nickel since Hartsfield's been out. And, of course, J.C. Horn is not on the roster. you got Sam uh, Sam Franklin stepping in. I think Sean Chandler's played well so far, but those are two guys back there at safety who are going to play a lot of snaps who have not been asked to play the role they're going to be asked to play against this Dallas Cowboys offense on Sunday. So with all that said, I think it's going to be a high-scoring matchup. I think Sam Darnold and the offense will play well. I just don't think that they're going to be able to outscore Dak Prescott and the Cowboys D. I think the Panthers' defense will show well. But in today's modern football, it's in a pass-heavy game offenses beat defenses more times than not I do think Phil Snow will come out there and have a lot of looks to try and confuse the Dallas Cowboys like he's been able to successfully do against the Texans and the Saints offensive lines the last couple of weeks I just don't think he has the horses back there in a the secondary they're going to be able to match up with um, Cooper 
with Lamb and then, of course, with Jarwin and with Schultz and even Tony Pollard and Zeke Elliott when they run right outside of the backfield. And I, I'm excited to see what Chuba Hubbard can bring. Joe Brady said on Thursday all he wants to see is, you know, he says Chuba's best is good enough. So hopefully that's true. Hopefully his good is good enough for the Panthers. I do have questions in terms of pass protection. That's where I think the Panthers are going to miss Christian McCaffrey probably the most. I know you're thinking, well, I mean, he plays like 30, he gets 30 touches. He's such a great receiver and he's such a great running back. Well, the times that he's been able to bail out that offensive line from just completely whiffing on blocks and allowing Sam Darnold to make a play, it's numerous so far this season. And you can even go back to last year and years prior when he was blocking for Kyle Allen, for Teddy Bridgewater, and even for Cam Newton. So... Missing him in that respect, I think, will hurt the Panthers. Um, Chuba Hubbard is also not a, a great pass catcher at all, if you've noticed so far this season. Um, I'm not saying that Sam's pass has always been perfect, but you go back to that game against the Saints where he had a, that key third and third down in long after the Saints had finally scored, and there was a little bit of pressure on the Panthers, and Sam overthrows Christian, but Christian snags it with one hand. You don't have a guy like that in the backfield right now. So I think not having McCaffrey and some of the injuries will catch up to the Panthers this week. Now, that's not saying that this is going to be some sort of free fall that's happening. Like Next week is the Eagles. You saw the Eagles, how they played, especially Jalen Hurts on Monday night. I think the Panthers lose this one, bounce back, and they're 4-1, and one, and they're still probably at the top of the division, and there's really nothing to worry about. So you got to lose eventually, I think, unfortunately, on Sunday. This will be the first loss of the season for the Carolina Panthers. If you're mad at me, I'm sorry. I can't pick them to go 17-0. I guess I could pick them to go 17-0, but I'm not going to do that. So Panthers lose on Sunday. I'll say a Cowboys 31, Panthers 27 or something like that. So that's my prediction for Sunday's game. Quick pause, then when we come back, I'll be answering your questions here for yet another Friday Weekly Mailbag, the real reason you came to listen to today's show. Hey, Panther fans, it's Julian Council. You already knew that. You're listening to the show, so it's not like you don't know who I am, unless you don't and haven't really been paying attention, which, okay. Thanks for listening either way. Um, there's an incredible app that you and everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It's called Get Upside. My listeners, like you, are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or the Google Play Store right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as 2 to 300 dollars a month in cash back and there's no catch. The cash back goes right back to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account paypal or an e-gift card for amazon and other brands just download the free get upside app and use promo code touchdown to give up to 50 percent per gallon cash back on your first tank that's code touchdown when you use the get upside app if you're looking for the most comprehensive nfl draft coverage this offseason look no further than the locked on nfl scouting podcast Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
It's that time of the week again. It's time for me to answer your mailbag questions here on Locked on Panthers. As you know, the big headline of the week was the Carolina Panthers trading Dan Arnold and a third-round pick to the Jacksonville Jaguars for former former top 10 pick and cornerback out of Florida, C.J. Henderson, and a fifth-round pick, bringing him here to Carolina. And that now prompted a lot of you to wonder what that means for the future of Dante Jackson. I received several questions asking me just what does this mean for Dante. Kurt, he was one of those people who asked, he said, how many more games do we need to see Dante Jackson playing at this level before we want to start thinking contract extension? And does the Henderson trade change your opinion regardless of how good Dante continues to play? Also, Percy said, Julian, is it fair to say that Dante Jackson's future in Carolina is up in the air with this signing? What do you make of this big of a move three weeks into the season? Tom said, hey, man, what a start for both the Panthers and, of course, the mighty Reds of Liverpool. One for the mailbag. I love C.J. Henderson trade. Have have seen some people thinking this move means Dante might be done. He's not going to get the bag. But surely we can pay Dante while having two corners both on rookie deals. Do you think this move puts Dante out the door? And then Holbrook also asked me, should we expect to see C.J. Henderson, A.J. Boye? Never mind, that's not it. But he did ask me if we should uh, expect to see C.J. Henderson, A.J. Boye against Dallas. And does the Henderson trade mean anything with Dante Jackson's contract situation? Thanks. A lot of people asking about what that trade means for Dante Jackson. For now, it means nothing. Dante will now be the number one corner. I imagine uh, on Sunday he will be shadowing Amari Cooper, which was the job of J.C. Horn, which was a major ask by the Carolina Panthers staff to ask J.C. Horn to go out there and defend a number one receiver from each team as a rookie, which I think is awesome in terms of like they have a ton of confidence in him and it was only going to help him moving forward whether he would have gotten burned or not or he got pit a lot, penalized a lot or not, but that hasn't been the issue at all so far this season when it comes to J.C. Horn. So Dante Jackson, at least in the short term, or not even the short term, probably the rest of the season, will be the number one corner for this team unless they think that A.J. Boye or C.J. Henderson, whoever else, probably not Rashad Melvin, is the better option shadowing the number one receiver from other teams. But as far as Dante's contract, remember, I've said I thought that Dante was going to have a great year and was going to end up staying here in Carolina and getting paid. Um... I don't think it matters that C.J. Henderson is here now and and, and A.J. Boye is not A.J. Boye, but A.J. Boye is under contract again next year. They can certainly get out of it. But J.C. Horn, I don't think it matters in the NFL because it's so pass happy nowadays. You need to have multiple guys who can go out there and play at cornerback. And they're playing a ton of nickel coverage if you're paying attention. So why not have three solid corners that you can depend on? So you got two guys like was mentioned by Tom, I believe. Yeah, by Tom. You got two corners, and C.J. Henderson is on the second year of his rookie deal. And then you have J.C. Horn, who's on, of course, his first year as a rookie of his rookie deal. You Because they're first-round picks, as we know, there is the option following their third season to where the team could exercise their fifth-year option. I believe after watching three games with J.C. Horn, that's probably going to happen. C.J. Henderson... We don't know, but he has the rest of this year and all of next year to prove that he deserves to have his fifth-year um, option exercise. But before then, they have to make a decision on Dante Jackson. And I don't think that you need to worry about the kind of money that's going towards the position if you have potentially, I mean, four more years after this of J.C. Horn not even getting paid. And then three more years after this of C.J. Henderson potentially not getting paid. You could give Dante Jackson a three-year deal right now. 
or a four-year deal after the season, which, as we've spoken about, when it says a four-year deal, it's really just a two-year deal that they can get out, get out of if things don't work out. So, yeah, they can extend Dante following the season. I don't think that has anything to do with what they're doing right now with C.J. Henderson. I don't think it's going to hinder their thoughts to give him the bag after the year or not, unless C.J. Henderson comes back and is some sort of all-pro. But even then, I still feel like they can find a way to get Dante out there on the field, and they can have success with him. JC and with CJ Henderson in the near future. So that's what I'd be excited about if I'm a Carolina Panthers fan is the fact that, which I guess I am, um, <laughs> is the fact that they got another top 10 corner and they got another one earlier this year in the draft. And then you have Dante Jackson who's a second round pick and has been fantastic through the first three weeks of the season. So I don't think that bringing CJ Henderson in is going to preclude the Carolina Panthers from trying to extend Dante Jackson in the same way. It didn't preclude them from, um, extending Robbie Anderson after they drafted for Terrace Marshall. Now, so far, Robbie Anderson hasn't necessarily done too much, but we've I've looked at it, I've talked about it. Sam Donald's had opportunities down the field that he's missed so far this season. He's been really asked to do kind of the one read and go to his check down. Now, he's got to progress and become more of a guy who can go through his progressions, especially against better defenses. So that's part of the reason. And maybe getting rid of Dan Arnold, who had 11 um, targets, the same amount as Robbie Anderson this year might allow Robbie to play better moving forward. And of course, Christian McCaffrey not being in there for Sam Darnold to lean on. Um, but also other questions that you guys had in here about, you know, the, uh, the CJ Henderson, Dante Jackson deal of it all. What do you make about the move? I mean, what I make it about the move is like, it's a move for the future. It's not necessarily about now. It's a move for the future. I did talk about earlier this week, whether it's kind of proved they are in win now mode and Matt rules kind of like, what does that even mean? Win now mode. I'm trying to win every game, which, of course, yeah, it's coach speak, but also, like, yeah, reality, we understand. I think that's probably a question that's better suited for uh, Scott Fitterer. He might actually answer that and be like, yeah, I mean, we we like it what we have here. It's 3-0, and but really, we're just – we saw the opportunity to get a good player who can help us in the future and hopefully this season. That's what the move is all about when it comes to C.J. Henderson. Plus, they were already talking to Jacksonville just the fact that J.C. Horn went down pretty much expedited the process to get this trade figured out for the Panthers. Okay, what else? What else? What else? Does the Hender- Do I think that him, Henderson and Boye are going to play? I know Boye will play. Henderson, I have no idea. I, I imagine he probably would play on Sunday against the Cowboys based off of that they kind of just need him. Uh, Jake. Another question about C.J. Henderson, but I don't think it's the same one. It's it's different, though. There were concerns about C.J. Henderson. As Jake points out here, are you worried about any of the off-the-field stuff with C.J. Henderson? Seems like his talent is undeniable, and the coaching staff is enthralled with him, but there are a bunch of red flags so far between his attitude and his absences. I have no idea what was going on in Jacksonville this past offseason once Urban Meyer got down there to Florida. Or, I mean, not Florida, but yeah, Florida, but Jacksonville to the Jaguars. The issue of college coaches is they come from an environment where they have all the control. They're the highest paid guys. And before they were the only guys getting paid, you know, at least above board and not under the table in collegiate athletics before the whole name, image, and likeness was uh, legalized, if I guess that, or put in place this summer heading into this academic year. So Urban Meyer's been able to do what he wants to do. He's also a DD down there in Gainesville and up in Columbus where he won a national championship at both schools, and he could do whatever he wants. And he could have whatever control on players he wanted. Now in the NFL, when the players are making more money than you, they have agents, they have representation, they're a grown adult, you can't sit there and treat them like you treated guys back in college. I don't know if it's the same situation. Like, C.J. Henderson's not really far removed from the collegiate situation. This is only his 
first a second offseason really the first normal offseason he's been able to have at least whatever normal is nowadays with COVID still going on and NFL still having the protocols Charlie Strong is also on that staff if you remember Charlie Strong I mean, he spent time with Urban back at Florida originally he was the head coach at Louisville when Teddy Bridgewater was there eventually goes to Texas where he ran up a lot of guys down in Austin and apparently there's a lot of issues with the, the kids that were down there that he was coaching and I I don't know. He was pretty much a hard ass. And if Charlie Strong's down there trying to coach this kid and you got Urban trying to do the same college things, then maybe that's the issue. But also, there's probably issues of maturity that C.J. Henderson has. And he came. He comes from Gainesville. Dan Mullen was also on Urban's staff. And Florida is notorious for having issues. I'm not saying that C.J. Henderson is a problem child. I'm just probably more thinking that this is probably a maturity issue, putting him in this environment. With the coaching staff that that respects him and probably is not going to put up with any crap, I believe that he'll probably be in a much better situation being coached by Evan Cooper, who tried to recruit him out of college at Baylor, out of high school at Baylor. I think it's a better situation for him here. So am I concerned? Like, yeah, he's had injury issues and he's, you know, also had the issues where like they have to go to his house and be like, hey man, like are you gonna be a part of this team or what? And they wanted to trade him. Now it's not the same organization, it's not the same regime. That drafted him, of course, but the ownership's still the same down there in Jacksonville. You have to wonder, the ownership's got to be like, if you look at all the Jags' former first-round picks, too, like, God, they've been horrible at their first-round picks. None of those guys are even in Jacksonville anymore. Like, Jalen Ramsey's gone. I mean, good player, uh, Leonard Fournette, playoff Lenny, he's gone. Blake Bortles didn't work out. Now you got this one. It's been really bad down there in Jacksonville. So C.J. Henderson's probably better off. I mean, not probably. He's definitely better off here in Carolina. So hopefully he'll have the right attitude when he, once he comes up here. And he, I don't know, he talked to the media on Wednesday and a dude sounded like he was half asleep. I don't know. Maybe he's just tired. <laughs> but he didn't seem he was that excited to be here. Either way, he's going to get rehabbed hopefully here in Carolina. But they, yeah, certainly, uh, certainly you should be concerned about um, the attitude and the absences and the injuries. But I think that's nothing that we should uh, worry about right now giving him a clean slate for now. All right, I can answer more of your questions here on the other side as we continue our weekly Friday mailbag here on Locked On Panthers. I can never stop telling you all about Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein bar ever, and Built Bar celebrates the freedom of choice where you can try any of their delicious flavors. There's something for everyone. Check out some of these flavors right now. Coconut, cherry, barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange cookies and cream German chocolates and if you can't make up your mind or if you want to try all the flavors in one sitting you can always get a mix box which means that you'll get two of each of the nine flavors at Built Bar that's 18 Built Bars in one package not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting but they're healthy too check out the macros most of them have 17 18 grams of protein calories ranging from 130 to 180 only four to five grams of sugar and only four to five grams of net carbs amazing flavors all tasty and all healthy go to builtbar.com right now and use promo code lock 15 and you'll get 15 percent off your first order use promo code lock 15 for 15 percent off at builtbar.com 
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Back to your mailbag questions. Remy, he sends in saying, seeing a lot of fans um, disagreeing or debating whether Chuba Hubbard should be RB1 or Royce. Royce Freeman, that is. We know what the front office thinks, but I'm just curious of your thoughts. P.S. Thanks for keeping me awake on my 4 a.m. drives to work. Hashtag keep pounding. Yeah, you're welcome, Remy. Um, yeah, the Chuba Hubbard thing. So here's the thing, guys. Chuba Hubbard is... Why... I understand that we do QB1 because of that hellacious show on NBC. And yeah, I said hellacious. Friday Night Lights, awful show. Awful show. And you can come at me if you want. Go ahead, at me. I dare you. I double dog dare you. I don't care. That was a horrible show. The movie was good. The book was so great. That's the thing. If you've read the book and then you get to the TV show, you're like, what the hell is this? This has nothing to do with the premise from the book. And I'm going to go ahead and end that right there. But again, what I was what I meant to say though, the QB one thing, I understand that's where that comes from mainly. But like, why do we have to do RB one? Either way, as Christian McCaffrey's out, okay. So <laughs> I'm trying to just get back my train of thought. Christian McCaffrey's gone for now, at least the next three weeks, which is weird. Why he's not on IR if he's gonna be out for three weeks? But whatever. McCaffrey's not gonna be there right now. Chuba Hubbard is going to be the starting running back for the Carolina Panthers. He was drafted by this organization in the fourth round. For this exact reason, Matt Rule feels like he saw enough from Chuba Hubbard in the second half against the Texans and through the first three weeks of the season where he feels comfortable enough with Chuba Hubbard as a running back. Now, certainly Rodney Smith, who played for them last year, who's on the practice squad, spent the majority of training camp and the preseason injured. He's likely going to be a candidate who gets elevated from the practice squad on Sunday uh, onto the active roster, which I would imagine that's. Pretty, it's probably a 99% chance it's going to happen. I could be wrong. So I think he's going to get an opportunity as well. Royce Freeman, who was cut by the Broncos. They drafted Javante Williams out of North Carolina. They already have Melvin Gordon. Don't really see any need for Royce Freeman there. Royce Freeman will have a role in this offense. Particularly, I think he should have a role in short yardage downs. He weighs, what, 238 pounds. He's six foot. Why not put that bowling ball up the middle instead of Chuba Hubbard like they did last week on that fourth down and one down in the red zone against the Texans? But Chuba Hubbard, he's going to be RB1. I like Chuba out of college. He is a little bit slight of frame. He might not be the best suited, you know, starting running back to the National Football League. I don't think that's ever going to be his future. I think he could be a solid backup. He's not a great pass catcher, and he's not a great run blocker. Now, you can you can pass blocker. You can learn to be better at pass pro. He's got to hit the jugs machine when it comes to catching the football. I would just say this week, let's see how things work out. If he does not perform, then they'll go to Rodney Smith or Royce Freeman. But right now, I'm totally fine with the staff going with the guy that they drafted as a starting running back opposed to the dude they picked up off the waiver wire a couple weeks ago. Like, that's, come on. Like, just logically, it makes way more sense to feature the guys that you actually invested in opposed to the dudes that you just picked up off the street. Not saying that Royce Freeman's not a good player, but if he was, you know, someone that Denver cared about, they wouldn't have drafted another running back and then let him go. 
either way, moving on. Percy has another question saying, is Tommy Trimble ready for primetime? Certainly looked like it on Thursday. That was a primetime game right against the Texans. Not a primetime opponent, but first road game as a rookie. Gets the end around touchdown, which I don't think he would have ever expected. Also, he has that 30-yard reception late in the game as the Panthers went down there and basically sealed it. I think he's got an opportunity to be a pretty good player. I'll just say this, though. That that's his only target of the season. Him and Ian Thomas have a combined five targets to combine three receptions on the season so far. I don't know how active the Carolina Panthers are going to be when it comes to the tight end you know, receiving game. When your best receiving tight end is now in Jacksonville. That's just my thing. Like Tommy Trimble, he's going to get the opportunities, I'm sure. I just wouldn't be saying, like, I'm expecting him to go out there and, like, all of a sudden I'll be like, oh, he's going to be a guy who has, like, four receptions per game at least. That's the tight end. He's going to get a bunch of targets, and they're going to they're gonna look at him as that. Like, they are primarily using their tight ends for blocking purposes. Like, Colin Thompson, going back and watching the game, like, on Thursday especially, he was coming in a lot for run-blocking situations, which they weren't asking um, Dan Arnold to do. The only time I could really think off the top of my head, Dan Arnold was like actively a part of like a key block in the run game was when Sam Darnold did the uh, read option and ran it in for a touchdown. So, yeah, Tommy Trimble, expect him to be more of still a run blocker, but he has the athleticism. We've seen the, the speed to be able to be a guy who could affect him as a playmaker in the offense in terms of as a, as a receiver and as a rusher. I just don't know if he's going to you know get as many touches as a lot of people are thinking now that Dan Arnold is gone. Okay, Shallow Waters, that's that's his name on Twitter, uh, said hashtag however you're doing the mailbag. With our new acquisition, if everyone comes back healthy within six weeks, do we now have potential to be a legit playoff contender? I think they already have potential to be a legit playoff contender um, either way. Now, Miles Hartsfield's not coming back anytime soon. JC Horn's also not coming back anytime soon. So you're going to have to play the rest of the season basically with your starting three corners as Dante, A.J. Boye, and C.J. Henderson, and maybe even a combination of Rashawn Melvin. Burris is on IR. He'll be back eventually. Uh, he's got at least going to be out for the next three weeks. So defensively, they'll be able to have pretty much everyone back except for Hartsfield and f- except for Horn. And Hartsfield is only really playing that starting nickel role because Boye was out. And if something happens to Boye, then you can put Rashawn Melvin in that situation. So I think they're fine at nickel. And Burris also can come down there and play it if need be. Um, so, yeah, and I think he, whenever McCaffrey comes back, of course, the Panthers' offense will be better than what they're going to look like with him out, because even if they look good, they're always going to look better with Christian McCaffrey in the game as a starting running back. He's the most dynamic playmaker, one of the most dynamic player makers in the National Football League, and he's a stir, he's a straw that stirs a drink and all that other cliches, whatever you got to say here about him. He's fantastic. So I still think right now they're already a legit playoff contender. They're 3-0 and by the percentages. Teams that start off 3-0, and more times than not, go to the playoffs. Sunday will be a big challenge for them. Whether they win or lose, I still think that they're in the thick of it. I also believe that the second half of the season, particularly the last four weeks of the year against Buffalo, Tampa twice, and New Orleans on the road, will be pretty indicative and telling on whether the Carolina Panthers will be a playoff team this season. They have plenty of opportunities in the next couple weeks to really stack up some wins, especially against some quarterbacks who really aren't great. Like Dak's very good. Hurts didn't play well, but I do still like Jalen Hurts. Kirk Cousins, say where the hell you want about Kirk Cousins. He's been fantastic so far for the first three weeks of the season. He's also had a pretty good career in Minneapolis with the uh, the Vikings. The problem is they brought him in to win a Super Bowl, and there's no way in hell you're winning a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins. Either way, like they're not going to play a ton of great quarterbacks. So this defense should be able to feast when they have the opportunity too. It's just going to come down to the second half of the season when that schedule gets a lot better. So yes, right now I think they have the potential to be a playoff contender in, in six weeks. 
if they're even healthier, yeah, I still think that they have a potential to be a playoff contender. And I've felt that going into the season as well. So appreciate the question there, Shallow Waters. Uh, fat, uh, last one, uh, Agent. I, that's what I have written down here. So <laughs> uh, good morning slash afternoon, depending on when you read this. Love the show. Love your takes. Here's my question. Thank you. Plenty of talk about the Panthers defense finally facing a quarterback who can challenge the secondary. Of course, his name is Dak Prescott. However, Zeke and Pollard have looked better than decent these, these few weeks. Do you believe this front seven can take away the ground game and control the line of scrimmage and deliver something similar to what they did to Alvin Kamara in week two? Also, do you believe these Avenue makes a return as turnovers are going to be needed and is highly contested, both very explosive offenses? Thanks, man. Hope you have a great rest of the week. Enjoy the game on Sunday. I'll be there live. As always, keep pounding. That's awesome that he's going to be going to the game live. Safe travels. If you're uh, in the actual Dallas area and you want the best barbecue in Dallas, go to Pecan Lodge. You're welcome. Um, okay, as far as his first question, the front seven, they've been so good against the run. This is why I was so excited about when they signed Daquan Jones. Like when I was in Tennessee, he was there. He was one of the key figures in that defense, in the middle of that defense. He's so good. Having him and Derrick Brown, who's looked like the Auburn Derrick Brown the last couple weeks, he's never going to be a key pass rusher, but he can be a run stuffer and a really good player who can disrupt the uh, interior of that offensive line uh, playing on defense or the interior of the line they're playing on defense. I really like Derek Brown and what Daquan Jones have done so far. And the Panthers have also been really good in the run defense, whether it's been Dante Jackson, J.C. Horn, of course, who's out. Shaq Thompson, he's been everywhere so far this season. Jermaine Carter. I do think that they're going to make things difficult on Dallas. I also don't think that they've faced an offensive line as good as Dallas. Now, the Saints, they just had so many communication issues where they got behind the eight ball. They couldn't even really try and to run the football, or they just flat out abandoned it. So are they going to do what they did to Alvin Kamara? Uh, I don't think so. With both Zeke and Pollard, the Cowboys are going to figure out how to run the football. They might not run the ball, you know, well, but they're not going to hold both of those guys to five yards rushing, uh, whether whether it's combined or hold each of them to only like 10 yards. I don't think that's going to happen. I think they'll have success running the football, and also the fact that they can throw the ball will help them or the Saints they couldn't even have a chance at throwing and as good as Dallas's offensive line is yes they're starting a backup right right tackle they will have the ability was Dak getting the ball out as quick as he does to be able to throw the football which will have to keep the Carolina Panthers honest instead of just kind of selling off the run or you know just you know a la blitzing all that kind of stuff so I do think that Zeke and Tony Pollard will have success if I didn't I would not have picked out the Cowboys to win the game on Sunday but I think it's really more about what uh, Dak Prescott's going to be able to do against this uh, banged-up secondary. And your Thieves Avenue question, do they make a return against Dak? I mean, it's not like he really turns the football over, so probably not. Um, here's the thing. So far this season, they had no turnovers against Davis Mills, which is kind of disappointing because Davis Mills is Davis Mills. They had the two against Jameis, which was really not even Thieves Avenue. It's all about the, the pressure that they got. And then... Against Zach Wilson, same thing, the pressure. So if they're going to get pressure, then the secondary will be aided by that, which is kind of the old Dave Guttman ethos where he doesn't want to pay corners because he believes in the hog mollies up front. If they get pressure, that helps everything when it comes for the cornerbacks where they're given opportunities where the quarterbacks rush, he has big poor decisions where they can get interceptions. So I don't think that with Dak Prescott getting the ball out, ball out as quickly as he has and how well he's played and how great he's been pre-snap so far this season, I don't see the Carolina Panthers being in a lot of positions where they're going to be able to get takeaways on Sunday against Dak. Now, if they're able to get takeaways or able to get pressure, that will obviously lean heavily in their favor in terms of trying to win the football game on Sunday in Dallas. I just don't think that's going to 
be the case going up against Dak and a Cowboys offensive line on Sunday. Either way, I think it'll be a great matchup. I do think they'll get some pressure. I do think they'll get some sacks. I just think it's going to be overwhelming like we've seen the last three weeks against the Jets, the Saints, and, of course, the Texans on Thursday evening. Thanks again, guys, for those weekly Friday mailbag questions here on Locked on Panthers. Again, make sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council where you can send in your questions for next week whenever you have them pop in your head. So either at me or DM me again at Julian Council. And please make sure to rate, review, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Check us out also on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, and wherever you listen to the show. Again, thank you so much for listening to the show. The numbers since the season has started have been fantastic. Last week, I think I told you earlier, was the biggest week that I've had since the show started, since I started doing it back at the end of March. I don't know what the show was like before I took over, but you guys are listening more than anyone's ever listened to the show here on Locked on Panthers. So I really appreciate everyone who supported the show, everyone who listens, everyone who has sent in questions. I really appreciate all of y'all for doing that again on Sunday. Typically, when we have the one o'clock games, hoping to have the podcast out to you by 6 p.m. on Sunday night. So if you don't want to wait until Monday morning, you can listen to the podcast right away there Sunday evening when you're having dinner before you go to sleep to either celebrate a Panthers win or to commiserate with me and a Panthers loss. Hopefully it'll be a celebration. I'll be wrong. Either way, please make sure to be ready to check out the show 6 p.m. on Sunday, following the Panthers game. So enjoy the rest of your weekend. I will talk to you all on Sunday. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.